Well, hello world, and welcome to Confluence, the lifestyle where confidence meets influence. I'm your host, Charlie Marcole, and I'm so glad you joined in today. We will talk about so many exciting things, so stay tuned. I'm so happy you're here. Hey, hey now, welcome back Confluencers. This is episode 24 and I am proud as a peach about it. I am like the river child. I'm getting into my flow and exploring some deep topics while waiting in the water around others. But the fact is, I am getting into my swing. I am enjoying it and I'm getting back to me. I love conversation and good entertainment and enlightening others to live their best life. So thank you for your feedback and your time. You lend me your ears week after week and that nourishes my soul. I'm listening to you. So thank you for listening to me. My goal is to season your ears with realness while you're being enlightened and motivated in some way to influence others while you're being confident doing it. You see, confidence wins when nothing else works. I hope you're getting tidbits to make you laugh, have an aha moment that truly inspires you to be better. Most of all, I check in week after week because I want to know that you're doing okay. I really hope all is well and that the month of February has been good to you. Can you believe that February is almost over? And let me tell you what else I'm over. I'm so over this winter season. I think the groundhog saw his shadow because this weather is unstable, like a man that can't keep a job. One day it's patio weather. The next day you need a scarf or some rain boots. I mean, I really like, I am so over it. Last week, the flu or cold or my sinuses tried to get the best of me. But you know, I can't be got, honey. I pulled out one of those ancestor slave cabin recipes on that ass. And by Friday, I was back to normal. Chicken soup cures the soul. And lemon and whiskey breaks the mucus. Keep that in mind. But you know what? At the end of the day, if you have a fever, stay your tail at home, coughing and hacking all over the place. Don't nobody have time for that. I told you, don't nobody have time for sickness. And with that being said, seasonal depression, it's really real. I mean, I'm joking around, but that is really a real actual diagnosis. The weather can really affect your mood. Cold and rainy weather affects my vibe. There ain't nothing wrong with me. Uh, you know, uh, that's a lot. It's a lot wrong with me. But I just hate being cold. Gray skies, dark clothes, damp weather. I mean, short days. The winter just ain't no fun. And I don't want nothing but my couch, a blanket, maybe some chili, and just chill time. That's it. If I make it home during this season, baby, don't ask me to come out. Do not. You better catch me when I leave the job, when I am in the nucleus of the city. Because once I come south, 
and my bra goes off, don't ask me to come out. Please don't. Now, granted, I do live in Texas where we can get down in the 30s. And I know my people that's listening on other parts of the world like 30s, 30s. That sounds like, you know, nice springy weather. But I don't care what it is. It's cold to me. And I'm looking forward to spring. And I'm ready to spring forward, spring out, spring up, spring through, spring around. I am ready for spring, Easter, pastel colors, eggs, fun, patios, sundresses, sunglasses. Like you can't even wear sunglasses this time of year because you kind of look foolish. But my sunshades be so fly that people still give me a compliment because, I mean, I just like quality things. But nonetheless, I am ready to hit that reset button. I hope you had the opportunity to listen to last week's podcast. Um, my guest, Asha and Tim, is the truth. But more importantly, she is making a difference in the Chicago South Side with her Crystalist program and her Power Her conference this weekend. Please go check her out. And I'm excited about meeting her in person. I am talking to the ancestors and my God and asking for the weather to obey. <laughs> no snow, please. I'm about to get out of there and do the Indian rain dance and like uh-uh, change out an Indian precipitation dance. I want nothing but sunny skies, God. Sunny skies, God. Just for my sake. Really for this event's sake. Because you know how our people are. Weather affects everything. But truth be told, Chicago is one of my favorite cities, but I've never been in the winter. And they say it is Vaseline on the face cold. So I'm just asking that Chicago, Chi-Town, please be good to me. I have so much fun when I'm there. So I really need this break. I really need this break. So please keep the snow away. So much goes down in a week. Um, Colin Kaepernick reaches a deal with the NFL. Good for him. Everybody is giving Jesse Smollett major side eye about his attack. Major. Like, how are you going to make that up? Baby, this is not the Underground Railroad. They know when you took a smoke break. They know when your last bowel movement is. You can't do nothing. Like Arson Orwell said in his 1984 book, Big Brother is watching. And if you thought that you were going to get away with that in 2019, I am just so crushed by it because that shows you how far we have to deep. And I even sent my love to him. I'm still sending my love and my light to him because now he's going to need it. And his community, our community is going to have to rally around him and still love him through. Right. And then you got Gucci who launches an action plan to increase diversity after the black face sweater incident. My Lord, like before that went out into production, nobody said, you know what, guys? Hey, let's pull the plug on this one. Nobody thought that one. But hey, now 
There's a whole campaign and there are jobs that are posted. So if you're into the fashion industry and design, please go check that out because that's offering it a check. And if they want to give their apologies at some point, yes, we are boycotting, but they want to make their wrongs into something that is right. And then in a positive spin, black love is on the rise again. Last night, I had the opportunity to attend the Fishing Grits and Politics um, taping with host Marcus Davis of The Breakfast Club. And the whole episode was dedicated to Black love. They discussed some interesting topics such as is chivalry dead and if Black men still love Black women. And it was really intense for a second. Um, They had Seven the Poet who dropped some gems about love in a poetic but profound way. And then you had our own DJ, um, Rob G, the general, who really like, I mean, you know, we see them as DJ Scratch, you know, microphone check, microphone check, check. But he really had some poignant points that talked about chivalry and how all of these things start at an early age. You can't teach a grown man how to be chivalrous because that's what you want. Because that is something that has been embedded in him as a child. But the point is that it is coming into the limelight where people are looking at How can we make the black family stronger, the black man, you know, more powerful, more of a driving force? How can we um, empower our sisters? Is it our songs? What is causing us to lose or be lackluster in that department? So it was a really good show. Um, Chef Didi with Cooking With A Twist was there um, putting her spin on, you know, uh, Alfredo and it was just really good a really good environment really good people some powerhouses were in the building shout out to those women and but more important we learned that it is a learning journey and it's a journey for understanding but at the end of the day our love before we can love anybody came down to one person and one person only and that is something that I was talk about Week after week after week after week. And that is self-love. How self-love is so important before you can bring anybody else into your life. Because if you don't know what you need and what you love and what you want, how can you expect anybody else to fulfill the role? So shout out to Marcus Davis at The Breakfast Club. And it seems like this is going to be an ongoing thing. So if you're interested in being in the audience, please look up Fish, Grits, and Politics. As I've stated all month, I'm still dedicating February to love. And I think I've covered the gamut. Self-love, the love of family, the love of empowering others, and the love of getting yours. Asha and I talked about that last week. Hey, you better. So today, I'm still exploring love, the love of great conversation and amazing topics over food. Did I tell you I love me some good food? 
I live, I thrive off a great conversation. Ah, and I love for food to be, you know, an explosive experience in my mouth. Keep your mind out the gutter. But when I have it over food, seem like that's a comfort area that people let their guards down. And my guest today, this dope soul out of Birmingham, Alabama, by the name of Maka Davis, has created this concept to have great conversation over food. Please, without further ado, welcome Miss Maka Davis of Belladonna Magazine. Whoop, whoop! Hello, hello, are you there? Hi, I am. Glad to be here. How are you? Oh my God, girl. I've missed you so much. How are you? <laughs> I am trying my best, if that can be classified as a feeling, right? Like capital T, capital B, just trying the best. Listen, I tell you all the time that you are one of the dopest millennials that I know. You just don't even understand the <laughs> power that resonates within you, girl. You just, but that that's really what keeps us humble, right? I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Man. So, like, you asked me how I'm doing. I am well here in Texas trying to build this amazing brand to empower women. Of to course. live their best life. I know that that sentence is so cliche, but we said it before, a little Duvall did, like living our best life. We've been doing right. that, honey. We've been doing that since- Exactly, you know, right. Okay, since Harriet, since Sojourner, since Madam CJ, we've been living our best life for a mighty long time, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us who you are and what you do. Well, my name is Maka Davis, and I do the absolute most. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a creative director. I run Belladonna Magazine, which is uh, the first Black woman-owned print fashion publication in U.S. markets in way too long. I also host something called Maka Eats, a dinner party series where I work with local chefs to present creative off-menu meals to people who agree to bring an open mind and empty stomach. Uh, no picky eaters allowed. Oh, I, I like also, that. Thank you. Thank you. I have found a way to turn eating my feelings into an actual job. Um, so that's where Maka eats my passion for food and my enthusiasm for making, for, for introducing to pe uh, people to the way I experience food. That's where that collides in that dinner party series. Um, and I am also a consultant for people who have grand ideas and don't know how to break them down into tangible steps. Um, and this year, especially, I'm also doing press and media marketing for something called the Jefferson County Memorial Project, which is committed to claiming Jefferson County's uh, memorial from the National Legacy Museum and installing it in Jefferson County and being a, a, 
ambassadors for the untold history of lynching in Jefferson County. So that's wow. what I do. Your plate is full. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I told you. Like, listen, Confluent. Like, when I search people high and low, I think about the people that, A, that are just doing something that's amazing. That's not being done um, to come on this podcast and share with us. And this girl here, like, when we met in 2015, she was already leading the pack and she didn't know it. Right. <laughs> so like she came up to me, you remember you came up to me and was like, I feel like I should know you. Right? <laughs> so every woman of confluence, we like, we come up and we step up. Like we're not afraid. Game to... recognized game. Yes. We're like, oh, I feel like I know you. And Cause my line is, I know you from somewhere. And you said, <laughs> I feel like it I almost know sounds like we're trying to be like we're trying to pick up like we're trying to be pickup artists, but we're just picking up new friends. We're picking up new like, friends selecting. and we see some energy and some alignment and a whole bunch of possibility. Like, I know that I am about 10 years older than you, but and we'll talk more about the consulting thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, we both were speakers at a dynamic event. That I shall, you know, I shall remain nameless, but I feel like it could have been like an annual thing because that's something that is much needed in our community. That is a platform that is too quiet, that needs to be heard. And I mean, I remember you were after me, I do believe. Mm -hmm. And I was so mesmerized, A, by your shoes. And then you you. shared- how you made these shoes. So I'm like, okay, she's a creative spirit, number one. (laughs) Two, her name is Maka, right? Which is is. very different than, like we both are born with these unique names that our parents must felt that we were different in the womb, had an anointing (laughs) on us because we couldn't come out with names like Becky and Keisha and, you know, whatever else. You know, our parents named us very different things. And then we get up and we speak with so much conviction that auditoriums listen. And that's a blessing. And, you know, at, in your 20s, you are making leaps and bounds at what you're doing. And that's why I love who you are because thank of you. your genuine spirit. So thank you so much um, for the services and the gifts that you share with the world. Thank you for your encouragement. I really appreciate it. I always feel so much better after after talking to you. I'm like, wow, yeah, let's go take over the world or something. Listen, you know, the part of the problem that I feel like as women that we don't connect to is like-minded individuals. Right. Um, I, you know, I am dedicating the whole month of February to love. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and we, of course, we won't love in the form of what we desire, you know, because Maslow says that feeling of acceptance, that's that number one thing, right? But then Mm -hmm. there are other ways of love that you can meet needs in your life. And one of them is having good girlfriends or homegirls or friends or your circle, whatever you call it, your tribe, right? Right. Like I, the moment that we met, right when you came up and was like, I feel like I should know you. I was like, okay, you know, like, <laughs> we're both, you know, uh, uh, 
from the South. And so we're just like talking, you know, where people say we meet no stranger. And I met no stranger. And I walked away with a good friend who is very knowledgeable in a lot of areas. And so, I mean, so let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about it. Tell us about your beautiful baby. <laughs> Which one? When people are like, what are you doing today? I'm like, let me get specific. So Belladonna is, of course, the the most externally beautiful baby because it literally involves, you know, actual cover girls. Uh, and I started it because I really wanted to see more women of color more body positivity in uh, fashion editorials. You know, I grew up really loving the romance and the fantasy of old school fashion editorials, but I didn't see a lot of women who looked like me. Whenever I saw women who looked like me, we were very pigeonholed, right? If Mm -hmm. you saw a black girl in a fashion magazine, she was either really urban, quote unquote urban, whatever the commercialized definition of urban was in that moment, or there were dots on her face and she was tribal. And it wasn't well-researched. It wasn't, you know, oh, we actually looked into the culture of this tribe. It is, we are going to project what image we think African tribal stuff is, and that's what this model is. And I was like, what if I just want to be a mermaid, right? Like, what if I just want to be a frost queen or a princess? I just want to make crowns. I want to be whimsical and carefree and just, you know, we. I think that we don't afford women of color, specifically Black women, the opportunity to be carefree. I think that Black American women carry uh, a load a lot in their day-to-day lives. And at some point, someone's got to just bring some levity into it, right? So Mm -hmm. I feel like that levity is a form of rebellion. It is like, I am going to be carefree today. I'm going to be a damn princess. I am going to throw on a crown and let you know who you're dealing with for today. Um, And so that's the kind of energy that I took into making this magazine. And the editorials were um, fantastic in the literal sense of, you know, fantasy being the root word of that, you know, just a little bit surreal, not at all. um, I wasn't interested in showing you realism exactly right I wanted to show you the fantastic part of these women who I know and who I admire and so that's what Belladonna started off as and then as it grew it became something bigger it became a platform for the women in my life to experiment with their writing voices and for the creative people I knew to play around with photo shoots and concepts and fashion design and all of these other avenues, the magazine is a very good, uh, I call it our creative playground. So that's what it, it became. It started off as like my personal rebellion against what I thought, you know, like what something I wanted to be a part of the, the, the glossy fairy tale magazine world. And then it grew into something that allows us to actually just play and be free. So you basically, what you're saying is created your own table. It wasn't out there. So you just created your own table. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's, that's it. If you, um, I remember someone once asked, you know, 
and this was around last year or well whoa no two years ago now 2017 is two years ago but she asked me what my hope for the fashion industry was <laughs> and if you'd asked me that question when I was younger I might have said you know oh I wish it were more like this but like I've gotten so comfortable with my ability to create my own world that I don't have like I don't hang up any of my dreams on the existing fashion world I'm like if y'all catch up you catch up but other than that I'm fine with sitting at my own table and bringing other women to that table as well wow amazing amazing I know this week is fashion week in New York City and a lot of people are there partaking in high fashion couture um, and the new hot trends for mm -hmm. the spring, the summer. And, you know, I look at a lot of those things and I'm sad to say I'm not impressed, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, was that somebody that, you know, looked at this, edited it, or um, had a, a, a what, it was too many yes people on a team. Did, right. you, did you have anybody to say no? No, I don't think a black woman wants to walk around with, you know, sticks, you know, or branches or, you, you know, like they do so many weird things to us and try to pass it off as fashion, as couture. And that's what I love about your space and platform. But like you say, yeah, I want to wear a damn crown. I'm, who, who said that I have to stop wearing sequins? after January the 7th or whatever. Right. Like, no, I. this is what I want to do. And I'm going to walk in this space. And I'm not going to say that this is fashion. This is just us. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we've been doing ornaments into our head or, you know, but it's like now, oh, ugh, it's fashion. It's this. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like It's it, trendy now that other people have discovered it. And it's been that way. Who said, like, we, like, we have been over the top.com, honey. Have you not <laughs> watched the videos with rings around our necks or, you know, <laughs> uh, ornaments in our, like, this has been, like, honey, centuries. <laughs> this has been happening for centuries. And it's like we've been culturally raped in a sense. So I, that's why I really like your space because it's like I'm defining all odds. <laughs> This is fashion. We are fashion. We actually created fashion. And so <laughs> I, 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 you know, that, that is why, you know, I tell you all the time, you know, even when we talk offline, what you mean to me and what your platform means to me. Um, you're consulting, you know. So your consulting mm -hmm. really made me hang up the phone and really take pen to paper and say, okay, you know, I do have big dreams, but mm -hmm. where and how you like narrowed that down, is that important for a woman that that's a big dreamer? I'm a big dreamer. I'm not going to lie. Uh -huh. Is that important for you to narrow it down? And why is that? Um, it absolutely is. And I think that it's important to break things down into into smaller things because it's easy to get overwhelmed by the grand possibility, right? It's easy to get overwhelmed by the weight of your dreams. Mm -hmm. And I find that it happens a lot. I mean, honestly, I think all the time, I tell people all the time, had I 
been aware or had I focused on the absolute scope on 90% of the things that I do, I probably wouldn't have done them, right? Like I would have just been like, that's a lot. We're just going to pass and not do that. Um, So that's why uh, whenever friends come to me and they're like, I have this idea. I'm like, cool. Love that concept. What is the smallest possible first step that you can take to make it real? Right. And that kind of forces all of us to focus on the reality. I think that it's important to exist at the intersection of passion and practicality. Um, So, you know, don't be on one end of the spectrum where you just like throw all of the, where you're like, oh, I'm throwing all away all of my worldly possessions to chase my dreams. But then also don't be on the other end of the spectrum where you're just like, I'm going to not give my dreams any space to breathe at all. Really exist in that balance, right? Have the crazy dreams as long as you give yourself the space to ask, okay, what does this look like in the real world? Mm. Mm. Yes. What does this look like in the real world? And the, one of the advice um, topics that we talked about was finding a group of women mm-hmm. that were similar to me because oftentimes we don't step out of that space. We kind of stay locked in that box, if right. you will, because we don't have anybody to like encourage us. Or what I find in my world is that many people don't understand what I'm trying to do. And so they tend to sell me their dream, mm-hmm. what I should do. And like, and then while you're doing this, you could be working on that. Like, right. you have no earthly idea how bad I want something. And so it's like, well, I can't explain it to you. But to, when you said get into a group of like-minded women, mm-hmm. I was like, that's it. That space is not for my friends. My friends are for trips and, you know, talking about happy hour or where we're going to go for mm-hmm. shopping. But maybe I cannot share this space because they're trying to make me conform to an idea that is not of me so thank you for that good advice oh I'm glad I'm glad it helped and sometimes you know it's okay to have different groups of people who function in different ways for you I know I have um, I know I have accountability buddies so during the week I text them I'm like all right this is what I'm I would like to get done today Um, and that's like, we don't hang out other times, not because we don't like each other. It's just our schedules don't align. Something about our lives don't align for us to like go party on the weekend together. But when it comes to accountability, like we are all like, we're there for each other and that's our purpose for each other, right? Making sure that you remember to do the things that you said you want to do today. And then you keeping me on task for what I said I wanted to do. And so it's completely okay to have different groups of people serve different functions in your life. Wow. Yes, 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 (laughs) yes. And I am actually still looking for those group of women in Houston. I am looking for authentic women who really are tired of hiding behind the mask and taking their capes off, but still know how to get their dreams done. And, you know, what, you know, it's like, I don't want a shellac empowerment group. I am tired of shellac empowerment. Yeah. 
empowerment groups have been like girl power has been very trendy lately so everyone's like you know oh we're girl power and it's glossy and it's millennial pink and it's you know shiro and sheo and all this other stuff but not much (laughs) like (laughs) content when you it's like all fluff and no substance when you're actually like okay this is what support looks like for me this is what i'm actually trying to accomplish it's like those groups aren't you know formulated to help you get beyond the candy pink coating yes yes it's the content and when you are a reader when you are a researcher um and that's you know like basically i mean i'm an educator by day so i'm constantly reading everything Mm -hmm. and so when you read between the lines you know when you really break it down are you is your content helping people get over this space Mm -hmm. and i want a platform that will last and not a you know t-shirt or i want people to say you know when i went to maka's event i left feeling you know for when i went to charlie's event i left feeling changed like i that is what i desire deep within and so that is kind of like what made me stop my horses and say hey let's look at some stuff some real you know because if you kind of go to those same events everybody's like talking about the same thing or you know and I want I I want and when you said that series I was like that my dear is right on the money Mm -hmm. because not only will people leave being fed but they're also leaving fed in a soul-stirring way as right. well. So t- let's talk about that. How did that idea come about? Uh, so Maka Eats started as, you know, it, it, as with many things that I do, trying to kill one, multiple birds with one stone, I was talking to my friend Erica Perry, who's a chef. She owns something called Not Just Catering. And she's also the executive chef at a local restaurant called Michael's, and it's a steakhouse. Um, and the, the food at the steakhouse is really great. Um, but I was talking to her, and I was like, you know, we have 50 billion restaurants in our city and only, like, seven food options. Like, you, if you eat out as much as I do, you start to get tired of the same menu items from every, you know, from every different restaurant. And, that, like, they're even as they exist in different price points, they're still selling you. I could tell you what menu items we're going to see at certain restaurants. And so Erica and I started talking about that. Like, how do, like, why does that happen? Is it a lack of creativity on the kitchen's part? Is it a lack of, um, is it, is it an unwillingness to take a risk on the audience part? And it was what we boiled down to was the fact that you can't pull people too far out of their comfort zones. You know, people Mm. are afraid to go to a restaurant and order something that they haven't tried before and so the chefs are trying to be experimental but they kind of have to stick to what they know you might recognize um, or else you might not order it and so I was like hmm okay what if and so we have this series where chefs come in they don't give us a menu if you decide 
that you want an invitation, you can tell me what your allergies are and you can tell me what foods, like if you have any specific food aversions. Like for me, raisins, I'm not allergic to them, but they will make me sick. I don't know what it is about them. I just cannot eat raisins, right? But that's, I'll try everything else. Even if I'm not sure about it, I will at least try it. And so that's the kind of people that Maka Eats uh, attracts, those kinds of people who are like, agree to bring an open mind and an empty stomach and so you have this environment where the chef knows that they can go all out like erica has never given me a menu beforehand because she knows that she's catering to a group of people who are here for the experiments right who are here for the experience and that something about food is naturally disarming you know like you come like someone's gonna feed you it's something that makes you it's comfortable it makes you Mm -hmm. trust automatically so there's nothing that puts people in an experimental mindset and in a calm mindset than food does and so we create this environment we decorate it we like to do it in loft spaces because they're homier than restaurant spaces um so places with like open kitchens and open air um so you can meet new people and also experience new food that's really the objective about it and a lot of the people who come they usually don't know everyone else at the dinner and one of the things that makes me very happy is like when they leave and they go on to do things without me like they start dating or they start hanging out or they work on something together that i call a success you know and you know they come in and they eat this meal. And the thing about it is, you can tell me you liked dinner, but your plate doesn't lie. And, you know, we're having these experimental menus and people are cleaning their plates. And that is a level of honesty that you can't, you can't speak, you know, like that's just, that was your body and your mind coming together and being like, nah, this plate was awesome. Um, we're going to finish everything on it. You can't lie about that. And so that's what I really... Um, love about the food series it has been it has allowed me to bring people together in a new and interesting way and it has allowed me to create this experience where people feel safe trying new foods and chefs feel safe also trying new foods you know so that's so give me an idea of a menu item that y'all did and then a conversation around this food Um, so we actually once had a brunch menu and I told Erica, you know, I said, um, I don't want to see chicken and waffles or shrimp Mm. and grits because those are the staples for brunch in the South. And I was like, we can't, we can't do that, but I still want to do brunch. And so, you know, she made, was it goat cheese? It was goat cheese waffles with um oh my goodness i need to pull up that menu but there was a an orange almond and white chocolate crepe cake um it was it was gouda grits because she was being a little bit petty which is why i love her we're friends and she was like oh you don't want shrimp and grits let me let me do this anyway it was so funny um and so she made this menu that was full of familiar items but also a little bit not. Um, it was, hold on, let me, let me see if I can remember because I, it was my favorite thing ever. Um, oh, so the first course we had an orange mango smoothie bowl that had star fruits, granola, cactus pear, and chia. 
The second course was a sweet potato hash with eggs benedict and chipotle hollandaise. Um, And we had some sautéed kale, mushrooms and onions, and some beef bacon. And then the dessert was the orange almond cake that I mentioned, right? And then we also had goat cheese and chive waffles. That was what it was. And crab and arugula salad with goat cheese grits. So good. I love it. I love it. Right? Like, she took what you thought you were going to have at brunch it's still familiar right you were still eating grits and waffles and salad but there was it was a new way to experience it we also had um, a vegan dinner where she made um, a faux ground beef sauce with roasted uh, walnuts roasted walnut sauce with brewer's yeast um, and a faux crab cake it was just like that's just uh, so good you know and I invited when we had the vegan dinner I invited people who I know are not vegan. And I said, I know you're not vegan. I know you're not vegetarian, but I need you to bring again, an open mind, empty stomachs. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, okay. What, which hurdles did you personally face and how did you overcome them? Because, you know, we could, we like, we could talk for hours when we hang up. It's like an hour 30, like, Oh, right. You know, so like, like what for a woman that's listening and like, oh, my God, this girl is so amazing. She is, a, you know, co-creator of Belladonna and she has all of these amazing things going on in her life. How is she doing it? So which hurdles did you personally face and how did you overcome them? Um, well, I think it's really important to not put that in past tense. You know, because you're mm. always um, you're always overcoming hurdles and you're always experiencing something new. I always tell people that every time I think that I have a handle of the mag on the magazine, the universe throws another curveball at me. There is no such thing as you know, oh, I overcame that. It is just I'm I'm rolling with it. That's what it is. I'm just rolling with it. I am taking each thing as it happens and breathing through it. That's about all you can do, right? Just like take a step back, be nice to yourself and make room for the fact that you don't know everything and that I couldn't have known what I didn't know. So every time I try to get frustrated with myself for not doing things a certain way or I should have done this, just remember that I couldn't have done anything with information that I didn't have at the time. So all I can do is take the knowledge now and apply it in the future. Oh, man. And wow. Take the knowledge and learn the lesson. Learn the lesson. Exactly. Learn the lesson because, you know, I tell people I, I can put a lot of, you know, stories or, you know, anecdotes into kind of educational talk but in life you know we graduate you know I've had several graduations from pre-k all the way up until my master's degree and so you want to be able to learn the lesson because there is nothing worse in life to go through a semester (laughs) take the final and fail right and have to repeat Right. That because then that delays. So you want to make sure while you're in that space that you say, what is the lesson that I'm trying to learn here? So I don't 
become a repeat offender right of this right um it's okay to make room for yourself to fail as well when i was um when i was a chess coach a long time ago uh this three-year-old girl like, came up to me and it, the the mate the other coach sends her to me because she was having you know freak out because she didn't want to play in the tournament and I asked her why and she said because she would lose and I was like well of course you're gonna lose you know you're new to this like you you're a three-year-old who's just learning how to play chess you're gonna lose a lot and you're supposed to um but the key for you is to lose and learn and you want to make sure that you're not getting you're not losing the game the same way too many times right you want to lose and learn because like I don't always get everything that I want I don't always win I fail a lot I do things and they don't always meet my own expectations and that's fine and that's completely okay I if something after every event after every issue after everything that I do I go back and I review what I did what I liked about it what could have been done better um, so that I can apply that to the next thing I very rarely make the same mistakes more than twice you know I try not to make them more than once but it's very rare that I'm repeating the same mistakes over and over because I'm always trying to reflect and you know reflect and move on yes reflect and move on that's another problem that we face because it's hard for us to move on we like to stay in that space of what that person did right you know what what they did or what happened or you did this to me you did this to me and I you know like I you know somebody said to me one time I was home visiting mom like you remember that time in elementary school you said I said girl bye like it's not meant to it's when I right say, like I don't not, remember that time in elementary school I girl, barely like, remember that time last week like let's I, not I bar- like barely remember the time last week and I mean elementary school I mean let me tell my age I got out of elementary school in 1991 I like you said I can't remember what happened uh 2019 in January on a specific day so like 19 I, like you don't want to be my friend because I like you still remember like what I said and then I laughed again because it was funny like oh I've been comical my whole life okay you know kudos Charlie you have been throwing shade since you were little <laughs> you know but like I, I'm, I'm like okay I don't that's fine because if you're still there then that that's that's like wow I, I can't even understand how your life has made it this far if you're still stuck in 1991. Right. Well, honey, I mean, can you believe, like, I told you, like, it's just like us talking girl talk. And, I mean, what word of advice would you leave us with? You know, I mean, you got Belladonna, which is, like, a dope name, you know. <laughs> Like Bella, what did you say? What was the story you said on stage? Bella means and Donna is this. So Belladonna is all one word. Belladonna means beautiful woman in Italian. It's also the name of a deadly nightshade. Um, so it's a very, very beautiful and unassuming flower. But if you touch it, it can kill you. Um, hey, you know, hashtag untouchable <laughs> like that is I like to joke that we celebrate women who are both beautiful and deadly um, and so 
whether you are a beautiful woman in the direct translation of the term or a deadly nightshade, aka infinitely powerful, either is appropriate. Well, you let me know if you want me to come out down there and do a, you know, editorial shoot. I I know I'm always smiling but I can look serious and serene and we we welcome smiles we welcome happiness and joy and fun so yeah come on down well tell us where we can find you doll so we can keep up with your journey uh so belladonna you can get copies online at belladonnamag.org B-E-L-L-A-D-O-N-N-A-M-A-G dot O-R-G. Um, and there's an online shop that's easy for people to just uh, buy things from. And if you'd like to follow my foodie adventures, you can go to MakaEats.com. Uh, that's just my first name, E-A-T-S.com. Or it's also MakaEats on Instagram. And of course, you can always find me, just Maka Davis online on instagram that is like my name is my instagram name that's where i am on facebook it's also my website maka.com so that's where i am oh my god well thank you so much for you know the gift of sharing your journey um and being a beautiful friend to me and just pouring into me you know like I know, like I say, I am the oldest, but I get so much from you. So thank you for being a part of my circle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. (laughs) There you have it. What an awesome conversation. It was very intuitive. Just like you feed your body and mind. You must also feed your soul with various forms of spiritual nourishment that refuel us at the deepest levels. Thank you, Michael, for sharing your journey and going forward and making it happen from your magazine to your Maka Eats events. Everybody needs a Maka in their circle. She is one dope millennial doing positive things in Alabama. You shared so many nuggets of helpful tips on branding and creating your own table and stepping outside the box to live out loud. So y'all please go like share and follow her journey. Take my word for it. That is the next Kathy Hughes. If not Oprah, take my word. She is unique and a God gifted way. Well, that's it for me this week. I'm off to Chi-Town, Chi-Town to connect, network, and empower others. Until next time, miracles and blessings to you, ladies of confluence. Smooches. <laughs>